The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well. But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his prestigious co-host. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray and this week's co-host. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Again, I want to thank Mac Davis for allowing us to use that song. It's called America Wants You Anthem. I'm Gary Ray along with our co-host Linda Crater, President and CEO for TheVeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Gary Ray. And how was your 4th of July? My 4th of July was very full and interesting. Oh, I bet it was. I bet it was living up in that area. It always is on the 4th. Pretty exciting, huh? It's, it's very exciting, and it comes with a lot of interesting landmarks and fireworks, and then, of course, all the things that go along with families of veterans to uh, commemorate what we are so grateful to have in this country. Right. Well, our guest today is actually from the Blue Star Family, an organization that started in 2008 and now has over, well, 70 chapters around the country. They have gained the attention of Congress, the Speaker of the House, the Congressional Women's Caucus, the Chair of the Appropriations Committee, and the Chair of the Armed Services Committee, and the White House Council on Women and Girls. This has provided the Blue Star family, coupled with social networking and other new technology, that has created an opportunity to engage and empower military families as never before. A fantastic organization. Linda, you have the honor of introducing our guest. Oh, it's quite the honor to introduce Debbie Bradbard today, who is the uh, Deputy Director of Research and Policy for Blue Star Families. I, I think one of the most important things that Blue Star Family brings to the country right now, and Debbie in particular, is an invaluable asset in terms of knowing 
um, and being very concerned with all of the breadth and depth of issues that affect military families. Debbie was the presenter this year on Capitol Hill for the, I believe it's the fourth, is that correct, Debbie? Yes, Linda, that's right. Yeah, the fourth Military Family Lifestyle Survey, which is providing a really good look at the issues affecting our military families and over time showing some very interesting trends, which Debbie's going to share with us today. The other thing I want to mention is that as a chapter-based organization with 70 chapters around the country and growing, Blue Star Families involves the communities. And I think we all know that military families do eventually go back into their communities to become invaluable assets there as well. And Blue Star Families helps along the way. Debbie, if you could talk a little bit about um, the, the coverage and the goals and missions of Blue Star Family to start, that would be a huge help to our audience. Great, Linda. Yes. At first, I wanted to say thank you for having me here. And, um, and I'll start with a little bit about Blue Star Families. Um, we are um, we are an organization that's nonpartisan and we're a nonprofit. Um, but I think the most important thing to know about us is that we were created by real military families. Um, and the organization is um, designed to support, empower, and connect to military families. And we really define military families very broadly. Um, we, we service um, veterans, active duty service members, um, families, and, uh, and may include parents of, of veterans and service members, siblings, um, aunts and uncles, anyone <laughs> who is military connected um, to, to, a, to a service member or veteran, um, we, we want to include them in our fold. And um, a lot of people ask us, well, you know, do I have to be active duty to jo- join? Do I have to be a part of an active duty service um, member family, no, you, d- you don't. Anyone can join. Um, in fact, you don't even have to be in the military to join. Um, if you're just interested in being involved and knowing what's going on, um, we welcome you to join the organization um, as well. Um, but in terms of what we do, um, again, our mission is to support, empower, and connect. And we're going to talk a little bit about our our survey today, um, which really helps us figure out how to best um, meet that mission. But some of the programs that we have um, right now include books on bases, where we um, we get a large um, pool of donated books, and across the country we can do ev- events for military families where. Um, Sometimes Disney, for example, is involved in those events, and we get the Disney characters to come in. Um, Disney is a a wonderful corporate partner of ours. Um, Likewise, we have um, partnerships um, with Blue Star Museums, where museums across the country offer free or reduced um, rates for um, military-connected families to go to those museums. Um, Blue Star Fam- uh, Theaters is a similar program, and that's, those types of programs are one way that we can show military families that we appreciate them, we enable them to do things together as a family at a very low cost. Um, because we are local, we, we have local chapters across the country, as Linda mentioned, um, it enables them to do the, those activities wherever they live um, and be out in their community. Um, and then another important program I want to mention is um, our Blue Star Networks and our Blue Star Jobs, because um, we find from year to year um, military spouse employment is a huge issue for our families. Um, military spouses have, have, have tremendous barriers at times to finding employment. And so we focused a lot of our program, program, excuse me, programming on helping 
um, those those spouses um, and attain employment. And obviously, for those um, families who are transitioning from service um, and and have been relying on their steady military income, um, having an employed spouse is, is incredibly helpful. So that we we spend a lot of our programming um, resources on those as well. It makes fantastic sense. Can you tell a little bit about the history of the Blue Star Family's survey process? Um, any things that have changed over time? What was different about this year? And then we'd love to hear some specifics about the key findings for this year's survey. Yeah, Linda, um, the survey started out, you know, we, we, this is our fourth iteration, as I think you mentioned earlier. Um, it was started out very, very small, only a few questions, and every year it's grown by leaps and bounds. And this past year, um, we had over 5,000 respondents to our survey. Um, and that was largely due in part because we partner with, with other military service organizations who help us really get the word out. Um, to their constituents um, that were conducting the survey, and we're able to just re- the more people we can reach, the better um, and more useful our findings are. But some of our partners um, they run the gamut between government partners, we have other nonprofit partners, and we also have corporate partners. So, for example, the Military Officers Association of America. Um, we have several National Guard organizations that help us put the survey out. USAA is one of our co- corporate partners. Um, our friends at the National Military Family Association, the Military Child Education Coalition, are just you know, among. I can't. There's too many to name. Um, so I apologize if I left you out. But we we really rely on our partners to get the word out about the survey. And um, social media has been. I think that's one of the biggest changes that has enabled us to grow the survey is because military families are scattered all across the globe, and um, social media uh, enables us to reach many, many more of those people um, and encourage them to to have their voice heard as part of the survey. Um, So it's really grown a lot in the past few years, and Within that, um, it's enabled us to ask new and different um, questions from year to year. Um, for example, this year we were asked um, we asked some questions about don't ask, don't tell. We were interested to find out what people um, felt about about that and and what, how it was impacting um, them. And there were some interesting findings there. Um, Linda, I know a topic that's near and dear to your heart is caregiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and Absolutely. for the first time um, this year, we were a- able to ask some questions about caregiving um, and some very interesting results there that kind of blend with some other research that's going on, for example, at the RAND Corporation. Um, so those, those kind of stand out to me as... Um, as bigger changes to the survey that we've done this year. But another one that um, was also very important that we started last year is we were the first organization to ask um, questions um, about military family member suicide. Uh, and, of course, right. service member suicide is a, is a huge um, topic in the news and a huge issue um, for our service members and veterans, but really nothing had been asked about um, military family suicide. And um, last year and this year, we found roughly 10% of our family members who responded to the survey were saying that they had been suicidal at one time. And um, as a result of that, we were able to um, 
offer a policy recommendation. And this year, um, National Military Family Association also echoed um, the recommendation that military family suicides be tracked um, within the DOD, and, and we're hoping that that will lead to some positive momentum um, so that we just have a better sense on, on who who is, is struggling. Well, Debbie, you bring up some incredible points, and I think it's so Im- Im- there isn't even a word to describe how important it is that we take a look at the stresses and strains and the um, resultant consequences of those strains, such as family member suicide and caregiver suicide, um, or even just attempts, uh, depression and needs of the family. So thank you very much for taking the lead on adding those questions to the survey, as it is critically important to everyone in the military and in our nation. Yeah, we think so, and we, we want to use um, our organization as a platform to get the word out about some of these issues because, um, you know, so we, we often get asked the question, well, why do you, why do, you do a survey? It's you, you have people answer questions, and then what, what really happens after that? Well, we, we really look at the survey as not just a one-and-done event where people come and fill out the questions, and then that's, we, have an, you know, we have an event um, and present the results, and then it's done. We, we try to go out. We do programs like the, the one we're doing right now, but we also talk to DOD, um, folks in the DOD, um, other stakeholders. We have a, a meeting that we're attending related to mental health um, um, at the White House later this week. We really try to get the word out um, across the board um, about these findings so that stakeholders and policymakers can take those results and actually um, put them into action. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, we're going to take a quick short break, okay? And uh, we'll, you know, we'll be right back. And also, I just want to let everybody know, our, we had a Veterans Appreciation Day on July 4th. It turned out really well. Uh, our, actually, our Orange City Mayor came to us two weeks before the 4th, and you know it takes six weeks to put something like this together. <laughs> but being our first event at our new office location, it turned out really good. Uh, we're planning another event very soon. But you can see some of the pictures. Just go to uh, uh, either the mobile site, which is hero.ub1.co, or the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com site and click on the News Events tab. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda Crater, and our guest, Dr. Debbie Bradbart. We're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you ready for another meeting? Do you leave wondering if you've made any progress? Or was it just another organizational reorganization? Are you looking for a way to change that and make progress? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel every week for educational leadership. What else is possible? With hosts Mary Maduna and Margaret Ruff. If you're ready to energize your leadership and create new possibilities, join us for a chance to look through a different lens and gain a new perspective every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And while we're on break, we're talking with Debbie. And, and uh, uh, Linda, you came up with a pretty good question uh, finding out the results, right? <laughs> right. I, I, I don't think it's um, such a creative question, but I think <laughs> we are all really quite interested. I was yes. in attendance at the Capitol Hill presentation. But it's really nice to hear some of the key findings here and to share them with our audience. So, Debbie, if you wouldn't mind, what are the top five things that came out? And then I'll ask a follow-on question afterward. What surprised you in this year's survey? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, Linda, we, we, what we do with the survey each year, because it's so, so much information is covered and it's really hard for people to digest. So what we try to do each year is... Um, is to break it down into the top five issues to make it a little bit easier for people. And, and for anyone who wants to drill down a little bit deeper, you can download the survey report off of our website at www.bluestarfam.org. Um, but the top issues that came out this year um, really boil down to two central areas. One was financial and another was wellness. And what we found was that pay and benefits and change to Changes to retirement benefits was the top concern, and that's really um, when you look at what's going on in the military right now, um, particularly sequestration, um, that was on everybody's minds when they took the survey. Um, now, sequestration had not yet happened, um, but it was certainly in the news and being talked about, and I think there was a lot of anxiety in the military community about that. And although we didn't specifically ask about that, we certainly saw some of that um, those, those sentiments expressed in how people um, answered the survey question. Um, you know, 22% of respondents cited changes to their retirements, um, retirement benefits as their top concern. Um, and they also talked about, you know, issues related to separating from the military, um, employment possibilities, and, and potential loss of income were, were, uh, were things that sort of came out um, within that category. But another one that uh, that is always um, in the, has always been in the top five is military spouse employment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 68% of the spouses that answered our survey questions said that being a military spouse had a negative impact on their ability to pursue a career. And they talk oftentimes talk about um, issues with job market alignment, either they're overqualified or underqualified based on, you know, where the family um, lives um, in their duty station. Um, but they also talk about things like um, challenges with transferring license across across state lines, mm-hmm. um, and just the uncertainty in the military life, lifestyle. But other things that came out um, in that top five um, 
the effects of deployment on on military children has has always rounded out that list. Um, people always are concerned about what what are what are the immediate effects of of my spouse being deployed, and then how is that going to impact um, my children over time. Um, and then military child education is is also among among those concerns. Um, people want to make sure that when they move, that that people you know are getting this continuity in their education. Um, particularly families who might have an exceptional family member, they face um, even more unique and and um, particularly difficult challenges when when they're moving. Um, so those those kind of those issues really rounded out the list this year. Talk a little bit about the wellness uh, aspects that you said were uh, amplified this year. Yeah, uh, really. In this year, we really saw that a lot. As I said, with with children, um, people really talked a lot about um, their children. And one of the interesting things that that we find is, while people are very worried about their children, some some children do show signs of anxiety, um, separation anxiety, irritability, those sorts of things. They also tend to show a lot of um, very positive attributes. They're very flexible. Um, they're very resilient. They tend to um, um, know how to make friends when they move move mm-hmm. to new locations. All the things that we sort of know um, about our military children and we see it in them, we, we found that those same things in the survey. And we like to point that out because people often talk about the negative impacts of, of the military lifestyle on children, but there also are some very positive things as well. Absolutely. What did the survey reveal about uh, the GI Bill benefits? Um, Gary, that was, I think, one of the more interesting things um, on this year's survey. Um, we asked about sort of confidence in benefits, and um, we also asked people um, what they plan to do with their GI Bill benefits. And one of the, to me, Linda, you were asking about what, what was surprised us. What mm-hmm. we found was that um, many of, of our respondents were actually planning on transferring that GI Bill benefit to their children versus using it themselves. About 45, 47% um, said they intended to um, transfer those benefits to a family member as opposed to about 23% who plan to use it for themselves. And so what we make of that is that, you know, while that benefit may have originally been intended as a, as a benefit to, you know, retain or recruit service members, um, it also ends up um, impacting the financial stability of the family, and families may actually see it as more of a communal benefit. Um, and And... One of the interesting pieces that we also found um, is we also asked um, service members why they joined the military, and 74% of our respondents report their top reason for joining was to re- receive educational benefits, mm-hmm. um, and 63% say to learn skills for civilian jobs. So this really has some implications for um, you know the drawdown that's happening right now, and um, some of the changes to to benefits that are being looked at. Um, we want to make sure that we re- we can retain our all military force, um, and so these these benefits uh, appear to be one way that people um, or one reason that people want to join the military. Um, so I think it's important to keep that in mind as we look at some of these cuts that are coming along. Debbie, of your respondents, 
Can you speak a little bit to the demographics? How many are active duty? How many have separated? Um, male, female, any of those kinds of things come out, or, or is that research not yet available? No, um, Linda, we do have a lot of that. Um, we we break things down. Um, I don't have all of it in front of me, but we um, we break things down by age, rank of service, um, service member status. So, um, for example, the majority of our respondents were, were active duty families, um, so about mm-hmm. 73%. Um, about 13% were, were retired um, veterans. And then we have, you know, we have a, about 10% combined that were reserve or guard, um, drilling reserve or inactive ready reserve. Um, and we, we really, um, one of our goals is to really reach out to those families because um, we're still learning about what they need um, specifically um, in, in those, those families that may not live on a military installation um, or may not be, you know, immersed in the military culture but still have a, a military family member. I'm really glad to hear that because the Guard and the Reserve do have some unique issues and addressing questions specifically to them I think are going to reveal some very interesting patterns for you and for everyone who will read the results of it. So that's that's very mindful of Blue Star families to do that. Yeah, we always we always have to balance out because the survey is is such a broad survey um, and we want to reach as many people as as we can um, and it's it's really a balancing act because we want to cover everyone um, <laughs> um, but we also are mindful that the survey gets a little bit long too so it's really a balancing act to to um, to, to make sure we include everyone right. absolutely well Debbie how can our listeners get involved um, with the survey um, Usually the survey um, begins um, in the November time frame, and um, one of the best ways that you can get involved is, is to participate in, and complete the survey. Um, and to get, to get the information about the survey when it comes out, um, we would love for, for anyone, anyone who's listening to become a member. And our membership is free, and what happens as a result of a membership is you start to get our newsletter. Um, you'll learn about um, activities that we're involved in, um, events that may be going on in your local community. Um, so it's not just the survey, but around the time um, the survey happens, you'll also get invited um, to, to, um, to, put, to complete the survey. And um, we, we want everybody's input. The more, you know, I've, I said this before, but the more people who provide their input, the, the better results that we get um, and the more impact we can have. Um, so I think that's the best way people can get involved. And why don't you repeat the uh, URL address so that people know how to find your website? Sure, um, www.bluestarfam.org. And if you just type Blue Star Families into your browser, we are, we are um, generally the first thing that pops up. All right. And you said it's free? You can't beat that price, huh? No, you can't beat the price. <laughs> and, and one of the great things about membership is that you have access to the Blue Star Theaters and the Blue Star Museums programs that I mentioned, um, which are all across the country and and. People just love those programs. So um, we'd we love for you to participate in the survey, um, but also participate in those programs as well. Well, well absolutely. And it builds your chapters, and it really does help out in the community as well. And people are eager to help, and they may not know about you. So that's terrific. Thank you. 
Yeah, Linda, and, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned the chapters because um, those those um, folks who live um, in a location where we have a chapter um, also can get involved at the local level, and you can find out where our chapters are also on our website. And you don't have to be military in order to get uh, into these, like the museum and and uh, you know other places, just because you're a member. Um, in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. It sort of depends on on the the um, museum and the theater itself and what their requirements are. So I would encourage people to look before they you know before they just go out. Um, because some some events do actually require a military ID, so I don't want to send anyone on a wild goose chase. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, we're going to jump in and take another short break. Be sure to check out our mobile sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. They are nationwide, and they do provide veteran-run businesses discounts. Give Josh a call. Also, I did mention last week we had another mobile sponsor come on board. Their brave marketing concepts, and they'll be helping keep the American Heroes Network and our partners alive and well. On the smartphone, go to hero.ub1.co and check out our mobile sponsors. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America, on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Um, now we're on break here. We're talking about uh, mental health. It's in the news. Lots all the time. Every day you see it in the news. Also, we're, we're losing 22 of our vets a, a day. And uh, what's the Blue Star family doing as far as the, the survey goes? 
Well, we asked, um, you know, because it is such a, a, a big issue right now, um, we did ask a number of questions about mental health. Um, there are a couple, there's good news and bad news. Um, obviously, we have some um, have some service members and family members who are really struggling, and that's the bad news. We had about 18% of um, our service members and 9% of our military spouses reporting that they had considered suicide. Um, and and of those, 30% of the service members and 23% of the spouses um, did not seek support services. So we really would love to see um, those numbers increase. Um, when we ask why they hadn't um, hadn't sought services, we we hear you know concerns about confidentiality. Um, you know, we hear, we hear spouses saying that you know their partner refused to seek treatment. Um, or they didn't think they needed it, or they didn't think it would help. Um, so I think there's still a lot of work to be done in that area, um, decreasing the stigma involved with seeking mental health treatment. Um, the good news, though, was that when people did seek treatment, um, regardless of whether it was military or civilian, people, our respondents said that it helped. Um, and so, you know, we, we really feel like, well, that's just a great reason to, to encourage and push people to get the help that they need wherever they, they are and wherever they can get it, whether it's civilian or, or military. The other interesting piece of this is across the board, we really saw a preference for civilian providers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being a mental health professional myself, um, one of the big pushes we're seeing now is to really get um, mental health professionals trained um, on military culture so that they they know how to work with military service members, veterans, and their families, and they know the specific issues um, that are involved with working with these families. And because there is such a preference um, for the civilian providers, we really feel like um, this is this is a um, a really worthwhile um, initiative that that needs to to continue to to gain ground. It's super important. I know that uh, in many of the National Guard units across the country and in many of the states through the governor's offices, there are now presentations being made to the private health care providers to let them know how they may help identify or even just query um, people who come in seeking help because a lot of our service members do not self-identify as having served, especially in the Guard and Reserve. So as you say, they do prefer the civilian mental health providers, probably because of the stigma and the attachment to their work, although I'm not going to make any conclusions on that today. But by training our military, uh, I mean our civilian providers, or coaching them as to what to expect, you're absolutely right. The military culture is unique, and being conversant and accessible makes it a lot easier for that person to perhaps accept the care that is offered. Yeah, I right. think that's that's really true, Linda. And I think, um, you know, we are seeing a lot of momentum here. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm licensed in the state of Virginia, and I just got um, a, a a email from my state licensure board um, that a free training is coming up on working with military family members, and, and I believe that's that same training is going nationwide, and it's free mm-hmm. and it's available um, till the end of September. And I was so pleased to see that because um, 
it went out very widely. Um, mm-hmm. And when you provide that kind of opportunity, um, it's a remote training. A lot, a lot more people are likely to sign up for it. And I feel like um, that that type of uh, outreach is going to pull in more more providers. There's a double piece to that, and Gary, I'll be brief because I know we're coming up on a break. Um, I think that it is so very important that everybody does seek and and look for what is possible in terms of finding training and um, opportunities to talk because if the civilian providers can assist the military providers and everyone is much more open and accessible in terms of speaking about mental health issues, that is going to help to substantially reduce the stigma of seeking care. And so, as you say, the state of Virginia and the free training, that's just marvelous because it raises awareness mm-hmm. in the community right, as well exactly. as within the military. All right. Now, Debbie, did you ever hear of, uh, we had on the show, uh, Reverend Dr. Chris Parker, J.D., uh, she wrote a book uh, along with uh, Harry Croft, uh, I Always Sit With My Back to the Wall. Have you seen that book or read it You know it what? That, I haven't, unfortunately, seen that one. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. She sent me a copy um, and personally signed. <laughs> and it is unbelievable. It's managing traumatic stress and combat PTSD through the recovery approach. Right. And, and uh, you know, just by, I'm only maybe a quarter into the book and I learned a lot about it. Uh, it is helping. Uh, and I think anything that's going to help needs to be known out there to everyone. Exactly. It educates the family as well as the patient. Exactly. Well, and, and I, you know, I just want to mention, too, there's some wonderful um, brand-new resources put out through the, um, the um, DECO, um, the Defense Centers of Excellence, that are specifically for family members learning about PTSD. And I really encourage people to go to that website because they're really excellent resources, um, and they're not designed... Um, for the veteran or the service member, they're targeted right to the family. Um, and so they, they focus on the questions that they have. And so I think that's a wonderful resource. Wow. Again, why don't you give a, a, a address uh, where our listeners can contact you or, or look up for more information? Um, you know what, that is not our address, and I don't have it at the tip of my um, fingers, but let me, let me see if I can pull it up for you. No, I think he meant no, your address. I, yes, I meant the web address. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. It's www.bluestarfam.org. All right. All right. Again, we're here to help. Um, get involved. Uh, you can't beat the price of a free membership. Uh, again, you're going to learn a lot uh, from the Blue Star family. By the way, tell um, uh, Pamela and um, Charles uh, we said hi. I will. <laughs> Before we go in, into the, the next segment, um, I, I want to bring up again what you brought up about these trainings to teach uh, or coach the civilian providers. It does help also to bridge the civilian and military divide. And perhaps you can speak a little bit to that. Yeah, um, you know, that, Linda, that's something that we have been asking um, since really the beginning of our survey. And we do find that our survey members do feel like there is a a disconnect with their civilian counterparts. Um, for example, we asked this year um, whether the, whether our respondents felt like the general public truly understood the sacrifices made by service members and their families, and 92% 
said that they didn't feel like the general public truly understood. Um, you know, 88% said that they didn't feel like the general public was aware of the impacts of military life on families. So, you know, I think I think from the perspective of the family members, there is a, a disconnect. Um, on the other hand, you know, we also find that our military families are are very, very, very um, engaged in their community. Um, you know, 92% are registered to vote. Um, we find that a very high percentage of our military families are, are engaged in volunteer activities. Um, they know about what's going on in the news, and um, they, they reach out and they talk to their neighbors. About 80% are talking to their neighbors um, <laughs> on a frequent basis. So, um, you know, on the one hand, we find that there's a disconnect, and on the other hand, our families are very, very engaged in their communities. And, you know, you mentioned a couple times that our, our military families and service members are, are really assets to their community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we see on the survey that that's, the numbers bear that out. Um, and so really part of the mission of, of Blue Star Families and the, and the fact that we operate through our local chapters is to try to um, bridge that military-civilian divide. And some of our programs, the museum programs, the books on bases, um, really are, are geared towards just that. You know, Debbie, I think you bring up a very good point. I, I think that in many ways, people watching the news or just somewhat connected across the country and not living in this general Washington, D.C. Beltway area, think of the military as Washington. That's why I'm so intrigued by the chapter director approach to Blue Star Families, because you are in the communities and you do have the ability to impact community change, community involvement, and to impart awareness to the civilian population, because they, on the whole, are very eager to help. They just don't know how to help. and we so really that's find a great that. outreach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really find that, and we, we find that we see that. Um, you know, I'll use uh, our corporate um, our corporate partners as an example. We find that you know there are a lot of veteran um, and military spouse hiring initiatives, and once once these um, corporations get on board with hiring veterans and military family members, they really see what assets they bring to their organization. They're mm-hmm. you know time management, their ability to organize things and, uh, you know, handle difficult situations, um, make decisions in the face of, um, you know, competing competing (laughs) priorities. These are all things that military families have to deal with all the time. And so when they can bring those to the workplace, um, I think that's an excellent example of where we're starting to bridge that divide. I do, too. All right. We're going to be taking our last break. And uh, by the way, I just received confirmation. This is 100% sure now. Our good friend and supporter of the American Heroes Network, Brad Zare, will be performing a free concert at our new office location at the 1876 Heritage Inn in Orange City, Florida, on July 26th. If you're in the Central Florida area, you have to come by and see this. Brad is a two-time winner of the Best Guitar Award from the Songwriter Showcase of America. He's the lead guitarist and vocalist for Dr. Hook, Danny Joe Brown, Molly Hatchett, uh, Beats, 
TV, uh, MTV's Messenger, Slab, and the Shotgun Lucy. Brad has actually toured in 14 countries, so he's known by millions. Performing, he'll be performing songs from Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, Jeff Black, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Robin Trower, Larry Carlton, Santana, The Beatles, Molly Hatchet, Cream, uh, the list goes on. Everyone is invited. Stop by for dinner and a drink and enjoy an unforgettable evening. Brought to you by the American Heroes Network and the 1876 Heritage Inn. To learn more about Brad, go to Brad Sayer, that's B-R-A-D-S-A-Y-E-R.com. He also has a three-CD release, and also he's involved in a lot of movie soundtracks. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And during the break, we were talking and, and uh, found out that uh, there's a couple things more that we need to uh, bring out. Uh, Linda, uh, I guess we're going to talk about deployments. Well, I think there might be a mistaken. Uh, assumption in the country that since we've got drawdowns and and reductions in the military that there are no further deployments going on but that couldn't be farther from the truth Um, Debbie could you speak to deployments the effects and and where you see this going based on what you found in your survey yeah um, I mean I do I agree with what you just said Linda I think there's a sort of um, a misconception that people are no longer deploying or that everybody came home um, and we still have an, uh, a fairly high number of deployed troops, although it's decreasing um, because of the drawdown. But w- one of the things that we found uh, among our um, respondents is that 
deployments account for only half of the time families spend apart. They also mm-hmm. are apart for other reasons. Um, de- they're away for um, trainings, um, oper- just operational um, uh, missions, um, that, that sort of thing, um, not just deployments. And so I think knowing that um, families are still separated helps to understand what those families also may be going through. Um, and, you know, we really, we had about 54% of our respondents um, had, had gone through one to two deployments um, since 9-11, and 36% had gone through three to five. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think that's an important thing to keep in mind as we, if, as we are talking about drawdowns and, uh, and so forth, that we still do have a number of families that are deployed. Absolutely. With all the resultant accumulation of multiple deployments, does your survey cover the cumulative effects of deployments? Have that been among your questions? You know what? We haven't been able to cover that just simply because of the breadth of the survey, but there is a lot of research on um, the cumulative effects of deployment. We do see higher levels of anxiety. Um, we also see higher um, uh, marital um, divorce rates um, when when there are multiple and lengthier deployments and serial deployments one after the other um, we, we see some of those negative impacts of deployment um, and and you know that that filters into one of the other things that we were going to talk about is is employment um, mm-hmm. you know when you have a deployed spouse, um, it's often hard to um, find sustained employment for that spouse that's back home. Um, so we see some financial impacts as well. Mm. Wow. Again, you know, uh, that's, I guess that's a pretty big question um, on the survey, you know, that spouse employment, uh, especially where, um, uh, you know, they, they, I guess the employer really needs to know this, don't they? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's sort of a personal preference as to how much you let your employer know about your, your situation, but, and different families have different ways of, of coping with this, but we, you know, one of the wonderful programs that has, um, has evolved over the last few years as a military spouse employment partnership, which um, boosts our families um, is among one of those partners. Um, but but that's a DOD initiative that really um, brings corporations and businesses in um, and and uh, directly to directly hire military spouses and um, to offer the types of positions that would be attractive and help um, help military. Spouses find employment. Um, so, you know, having remote um, opportunities to work or flexible work schedules are often very, very helpful to military spouses. Um, you know, military spouses um, often need you know flexible childcare arrangements because they're they're the stay-at-home spouse and they're away from their family, so they don't have that extra childcare support that enables them to work. Um, and so employers that, that recognize some of those things are definitely, um, um, you know, ones that military spouses will, will migrate towards. <laughs> wow. Were there any new areas on the survey that were addressed uh, uh, this time? 
a number of new things. I mean, again, I mentioned this earlier, but um, caregiving was an area that we asked about this year for the first time, and um, we really wanted to support some of the other work that's been going on in this area. Um, We found that, you know, not surprisingly, that that families who are um, providing care to a service member or in some cases a child are under a great deal of stress and that's emotional stress but also financial stress um, because you know often those those spouses find themselves in a position where it's very difficult to work um, or or they've had to leave their position or um, maybe they had to find a different position that was lower paying um, but had more flexibility because they were caring for their service member at home and so those families really are under a great deal of stress um, and so um, you know we want to learn more about those families and that's why we asked um, those questions for the first time this year. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we had a chance to uh, uh, have a couple of caregivers on with us on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you, they were phenomenal young ladies. Uh, uh, their experiences and what they've been going through. And, and, and you know, I think bottom line was I love my husband and, and I'm going to be with him for the rest of my life. But, you know... <laughs> That's that's a long time, um, and um, uh, they're very strong people. Very strong people, and very very strong. And we find, I mean, one of the things that we asked is is we asked about day to day stress levels of the caregivers, um, and you know, the day to day stress levels of our caregivers compared to the non caregivers were much much higher. Um, you know, we had about fourteen percent saying that they had very high stress, and they were also having difficulty coping. Um, and so we really want to learn more about about those folks and how how we can help them um, and get them connected with with services and programs that can support them. I would agree, but I would also insert in there that there is a substantial number of parental and other family member caregivers that have distinct needs that are different than spousal caregivers. As yes. you know, this is my, my pet topic. Yes. But I, I do see the needs running the gamut, especially with the ages of those in our fighting force these days. And those who come back wounded, ill, or injured um, do present a, a very varied demographic um, among those who are taking care of them. And the stresses and strains are very different for a parent caregiver versus a spousal caregiver. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Linda. I mean, I think it's it's not one. We're not talking about one population here. We're talking mm-hmm. about a whole bunch of different. Um, you know, sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's a sibling. Sometimes it's a child. That's that can the be caregiver. a friend, right? Absolutely. But it is a growing population and one that's not likely to diminish in the coming years. Right. Debbie, <laughs> is there anything else you would like to add um, before we close? Because I, I know that Blue Star Families does so much. And is there anything that we may have missed that you would like to share either about the survey or about how people could get involved or, or things, how to Linda. best support um, our families? One, one thing I already mentioned, but, um, you know, the survey does cover a number of topics and we, we just can't possibly address them all here. So anyone who really wants to know more um, or even wants to put the survey out on their uh, own networks can download it directly off of our website, um, www.bluestar.fam, or excuse me, bluestarfam.org. Um, 
another thing I also wanted to mention that's on our website is um, because um, financial issues were one of the top concerns this year, we partnered with USAA and did some specific videos um, dealing with financial issues related to military families. And those videos um, are with none other than myself and um and we have a great um a great representative <laughs> from USAA um on there as well and those can um be viewed off of our website as well and i really encourage people to look at those because there's some great information about benefits um savings plans and so forth that that can help military families Debbie, I just want to thank you again, uh, you know, for sharing all this uh, information with us. Um, and in closing, what would you like to, the bottom line, what would you like to tell uh, all these six million people listening? <laughs> well, I, I would really encourage everyone to take the survey um, when it comes out in November because we have so many um, important things going on that we, we want to address this year. Um, we want to make sure that we let our policymakers know um, and give them an idea of, of what the important issues are. So please, and I encourage everyone, when you see that message about taking the survey, take the time to take it and, and let your voice be heard. Well, thank you, Debbie. Linda? Do you have any closing remarks? No, I'm just delighted that we were able to share so much of what occurred. It's a big topic. I encourage everyone to download the survey or at least read the highlights that pertain to you and take advantage of becoming part of a huge organization that really is reaching out into the communities. Again, that's uh, www.bluestarfam.org. And Debbie, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. This is Gary Ray along with Linda Crater and all her super friends uh, <laughs> signing, <laughs> signing, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on a variety channel. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.